question everything. Welcome all you creeps to murder on the Welcome back, Team Creeps, to the newest season. Oh my season. god, I missed you guys so much. Newest season. I know, we definitely have. It's definitely been long awaited of season four of Murder on the 420 Express. We've been gone too long. We have been. We're very, very sorry. Work schedules, other engagements have like super... Oh, speaking of engagement... What? I don't think we've Did mentioned a oh, wrong, hand. wrong hand. I don't think we've mentioned Lisa's engagement. Oh, yeah. Oh, congratulations, Lisa. Thank you. She's got a beautiful, big ass rock on her finger. Don't so, believe her. It's not that big. I don't want people coming. It's. I don't want people coming to my fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the tiniest rock I've ever seen. No, no, no. It's, it's a nice. very beautiful engagement ring. Very beautiful. Thank you. So, congratulations you. to you and Sean. Thank you. Um, but yeah, anyways, we're happy to be back. So, welcome all aboard to Murder on the 420 Express for a yeah. higher train of thought. Let's go. Let's get this choo-choo choo-choo on the road. Let's go. All right. Lisa. Oh, shit. I did not do my strain of the day. Fuck Um. Okay. okay so, we're so, bringing through a card, and we have some strain options, but if you didn't do the oh, strain no, of the no, day. I do. Okay. So, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was it? It was called, fuck, death? No. <laughs> death? I thought I really would never want to smoke that one, because I feel like that would be extreme paranoia. Like, you had an no, ego death, and it was you survived. Like, fuck, it had something to do with death, and it was an OG, so that's the funny thing. Oh, okay. Um, but I only had a gram of it from the dispensary, and Sean and I smoked it, and let me tell you, okay. You're fine. This... How was Sean? <laughs> We love Sean, but he's kind of new to the game. I fucking loved it. I was like, space cakes, right? Oh, yeah. But Sean, on the other hand, his space cakes were all the way out, like, past Pluto. Oh, no. Was like, it, like, the death loop, kind of? Or was it just oh completely... Oh, my God. Was it bad? <laughs> Anxiety or just dumb? No, he just talks to himself. And then he thinks that he's talking to me, but he's talking to himself. And then, like, he's just stuck That's in a so loop. good. Like, he's, like, <laughs> stupid high. And I'm just like, can we go to bed? And he's no, just like... No, this kid gets You've got baked. pretty eyes. And I'm like thank you, can we go to bed now? And he's like, I can't move. And I'm like... <sighs> Sean cracks me up, dude. Sean does. He, like, he has two moods when he's high. He's either very high and talkative or very high and quiet as fuck. Like, those are the two things, but I could totally see him dude, talking to himself. Dude, you're too high to fucking talk. That's, that's the worst. That's like, hey, are you doing okay? And you're just like, yeah, I'm doing great. But you just said it in your head. You didn't say it out loud. And somebody's just like, I don't think they're okay. At that point, though, when I'm that high, it's kind of like, no, save me. But I can't even say that. So, like, my eyes, I'm trying to make my eyes all big, like puppy dog eyes. Like, just take me home. Just but make me okay. But you end up looking like Jack Sparrow. Oh, who's geez. trying to look for his fucking compass. I know. Where is it? Where is my compass? I actually have a really funny story. So, uh, one of the first few times that I got high. I, um, I fell asleep and I woke up 
to a conversation that I was having with one of my friends where I fell asleep and but I was talking in my sleep and I said something like something something Thursday like making plans on Thursday and I remember my friend looked at me and he was like what are you talking about on Thursday but I had legitly been asleep like I fell asleep like I was laying down and I was asleep and I woke myself up by talking and finishing out the conversation and Ah. I was like it was the weirdest thing I'd ever had, but it was the first time that I got super, super, super stoned to where it just kind of like shook me awake and I was like, what the hell's going on? But I, I was still really high, so I still had to like wait another like 45 minutes. Yeah. But I've never, that's, I was probably a big couch lock one, but I just remember like talking and talking and having an actual conversation then wake myself up in the middle of the conversation. Like I completely checked out, took a nap and then came back to the conversation. <laughs> like it was the weirdest thing and... I don't know. I've had some really weird experiences being stoned, but I just remember that was, like, one of my things where I'm, like, okay, that's when I'm too stoned. Like I said, it was a couch lock one, and that's when I was, like, no, I'm not really okay, but I'm not quite able to say that. <laughs> um, anyways, so Death OG, if you guys are interested in it or you want to... It's super smooth, okay? Like, is it a, it's, uh, it's OG. Smooth. Is it a hybrid, it's an though? OG. Or, it's a... I own Sativa? hybrids now. Okay. Um... It's more on the indica side. Oh, okay. It's more on the indica side, but it has, like, just, like, a smooth, like, even Sean and I, we were, like, smoking, and he's like, this is, like, a lot smoother than the other ones, and I was like, yeah, it's, like, almost, like, fresh. It's got, like, a fresh taste to it, and it's got, like, a super sweet smell. Which is nice, because sometimes the dispensaries can be hit or miss. Either you get super dry, shitty-ass weed, or you get really nice, freshly, uh, what is it, sealed like yeah. we I'll probably find out exactly what strain it was and then I'll like post it. Okay. Later. Okay. Later Gators. Later Gators. Okay. So hold on. My thing just turned off. My tablet, but I don't I, I haven't worked with it long enough to like figure out Try how to Try that one. Okay. Is that one it? There I we go. I think it's it. Look at that. Oh, okay, cool. It's so a now I got my notes. It's like a tablet laptop. It's real nice. It's so nice. It's real nice. I treated myself to it. Oh my god. It's been good. It's been good to me. So this podcast season is all about mental disorders. <laughs> so this is Mania on the 420 Express. <laughs> Twilight Zone. I really think we should f- try and find like that little like like swirling clock sound, you know, like from the Twilight Zone. And it's like a little alarm, yeah, mm-hmm. like Anyways, so we're going to go through each episode and discuss in a positive and negative, realistic manner of one to two mental disorders per season. Um, These are kind of the oddball or up and coming um, disorders. So we're not trying to offend anyone who might have a mental disorder. Um, We are also looking like Please take your sensitivity and check it at the door. Yeah. Thank you. If you're sensitive for this shit, yeah, you might as well just never listen to our podcast. I'm going to just say it right now because it's been on my mind and I know that people listen. Okay. If you are above the age of 18 and you supply for your, are you fucking. What do you do? What is that called? You have an income for yourself. You provide for yourself. You are a fucking adult. Act like one. Yes. Yeah. I have had too many fucking bitchy, whiny, little bitchy people all this past week. 
please, for the love of God, you guys are all adults. Please handle yourselves as fucking adults. We're all mature here. If you can't handle what we talk about, then take and check your sensitivity at the fucking door. If you can't be respectful or civil in a conversation, if you have to always hit low, like, be below the belt, yeah. if you have the nerve to, like, just try and shout names, just cuss, <laughs> just cry, get way too over dramatic about yes. stupid little shit, These are sensitive then this podcast is not for you. It is sensitive topics, yeah. but guess what? There's they're people also, that are chill like us and can handle that they're information. They're very taboo topics, too. People don't have a lot of knowledge on this shit. Hell, I we come into half of wisdom. this shit, and I don't have knowledge on it either. But you know what? You come into a situation yeah. with an open mind, and you're respectful, and you're an adult about it, and you admit, hey, I don't know enough to have an opinion on this topic. Maybe I should learn. That's R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yes. That's what we're here for, to inspire you, to give you knowledge and wisdom from the powers beyond... And to teach you Thou about... You shall not pass with your... Ignorance. Yes. And your arrogance. Yes. And your heated, you know, 45-year-old white... This is the round table. Crazy. We, we don't have squares. Yet. Entitled attitudes. You are not allowed <laughs> to fucking come over squares. here. Huh? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Where did I say it? What'd you say? (laughs) We are at a round table. We have no squares here. So get with it. Yes. Well, what is our mental disorders? For today. Well, ta-da. Ta-da. Okay, so the first one is borderline personality disorder. Oh, fuck. This is kind of a newer up and coming. It's been around for at least 20 years, but... It's so new. I had it before it was even a thing. Did you? Did you no, have it? I didn't really have it. I Were you also me. vegan when you had it? Oh fuck! Completely vegan, gluten yeah, free. I was also listening to bands that you never listened to. Either. Oh yeah, underground. <laughs> the underground so of the underground. underground. It's like seven layers of underground. Hashtag keep Portland weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much just keep ourselves weird, and hopefully Portland listens to us <laughs> one day. <laughs> Santa Cruz, too. Come on. We can all drain in on this one. Um, so, borderline personality disorder was has been around for about 20 years, but it's just recently really developed um, its name and kind of up and coming because it it's really congruent with a lot of other mental and mood disorders, which I found out were two separate things, as well as um, uh, there's another one. It's like a physiological disorders so like physical ailments can cause a mental disorder or mental disorders can cause a physical ailment it's really interesting so this is actually kind of borders like a physiological disorder Hmm. so uh borderline personality disorder or bpd for short is a mental illness where the person experiences extreme mood swings changes in self-image and behavior some of what we're gonna say Yeah, no, he totally could be a borderline personality. So the way that I look at it and the way you'll kind of hear me say this. by the way, I just want to say thank you to, like, all, like, plus 900 of you that have listened to that episode. We're very excited. That makes us super, super happy. And we're so thankful. Okay, back to the (laughs) (laughs) Back to this. But we will say thank you again throughout this podcast. So some symptoms include uh, intense episodes of emotions like anger or extreme depression. Uh, extreme contradiction in character. So what I was going to say was it really mirrors like having 
two twins inside of you or like two personalities that are extremely opposite and there's no middle ground. Either you're this way or that way or you're this or that or here or there. There's like no middle ground between your mood swings and they're very, it's very like manic similar to people that are diagnosed with uh, bipolar. It's very manic depressive. So either you're like super on the extreme of like manic anger and binging and all this other crazy stuff are super depressive devaluation of your character. So um, kind of keep that in mind. I think it's interesting that it's borderline personality disorder because I think it also can trigger in some cases to disassociative identity disorder because you have two extreme personalities within you. You just might not have names for them or perhaps it's just not been that mental break that kind of gives way to those, um, what are they called? Like, there's different, like, hierarchies of personalities. I feel like there's always a spectrum because, like, if you think about autism, you think, like, you are either high end or you're very low end. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I feel like maybe borderline personality disorder is, like, I don't want to say, like, a gateway drug. It's not a gateway drug. <laughs> it's like, a gateway mental disorder? It's a gate. No. <laughs> but it's, so, like, the start You know, of... when you go to your local neighborhood dealer and you get borderline personality disorder, <laughs> you could also be kicked with some other crazy shit. No, but, like, it's the... <laughs> It's like the not so severe case of disassociative. <laughs> That's what I was like, saying. It's like, and people are kind of afraid to say that. And I, no, I'm not saying. So, like I said, steps. don't be a like pansy you're when you're listening a to this, and don't take, B. don't be too sensitive when listening to this. I'm not saying that because you have BPD that you're gonna get disassociative identity disorder. What I'm saying is We're they're extremely similar in the fact that disassociative identity disorder is multiple personality disorder. So you have different personalities on varying situations because of certain triggers. You can easily have a trigger and go in from one, like, manic, angry, to super into, uh, you know, whatever, just to try and kind of, like, it's almost like you're on a teeter-totter and you're always trying to self-medicate yourself to balance yourself out, but you never, it's only one person on on the teeter-totter. So then you got to run over to the other side, and then you got to run over to the other side, and then you got to run over to the other side. You can't get that fine balance and it's one person battling two personalities. That's how I see it. And that's how there's been some speculation on how it so is. technically, but... wouldn't that be three personalities? Well, no, because you've got two personalities, but you've got one body. So it's like going over here and then going over here and then going over here. Because I'm okay. not... Okay. Yeah, I'm not counting okay, the empty no, no. space. Does that make sense? No, yeah. No, okay. I get that. It's kind of like, have you ever seen that little... Um... Oh, my gosh. Remember on, like, the old... <laughs> Like, uh, Pixar movies, they'd have little Pixar mini movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like the old man playing chess with himself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, doesn't that make sense? It's kind of, that is like BPD. You're the old man playing chess and either you're the sweet old man or you're the angry, like, grumpy old man. Yeah, who like then like switches the chessboard. That's crazy. So, and <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, I don't know, that just came to me and I'm pretty stoned right now, so kind of works out. Um, experiencing a fear of abandonment to such an extreme that the person will either initiate a quick intimate relationship or they'll go slash cut off the other person in a relationship for fear of abandonment. So, Jesus fucking Christ, that's me. You either go, (laughs) no, because you're engaged. Obviously, you have a middle ground. No, no, no. (laughs) No. Do you just like sex Sean up and then all of a sudden you're like, you're cut off. (laughs) No, 
back in the day, okay, okay. Like, back in the day when I, like, first had my abandonment issues, okay. it was either, like, I need to lock this shit down or I need to shut the shit the fuck off. Like, okay, you need to I choose one. That. One or the other. If one doesn't work out, you need to scoot your ass you that way in out. the other fucking direction. Okay, okay? I can totally see that because you're kind of like, was... I'm not going to be here picking up the pieces if this doesn't work out. Yeah, so, yeah. like, it was either one or... Or the other. I had to make a decision and I had to make it quick. Okay. <laughs> Mind you, I also went by another name. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just so you know, let's explore this a little bit, Lisa, because I feel like... <laughs> okay, you had a different name. You had the abandonment issues. Okay, so I'm I not saying you have by... BPD, but let's no, explore I, Lisa or I Nikki. I always went... <laughs> or Lily. Or yes. Lily. No. Okay, okay so I... I always went by my nickname, which was calling Lily. Licky. <laughs> Licky. Or Nilly. Yeah. Or Nisa. Nisa. No, okay, anyways. <laughs> Nilla. So. <laughs> okay, what was your last one? Canalisa? No, it's going to be Nilla. Nilla with the mental disorder. <laughs> no. That's okay, what you so named in a couple years. Don't I'm worry. not being a hypochondriac at all right now. Um, but... I went by my nickname, which was Lily, because yeah. my raver name was Lily Pop. So, yeah, don't, I don't want to go into that. I'm like, how much shit can much I detail. talk about this right now? Anyways, moving forward. So don't talk about by, this. I always went by Lily. I always wanted people to call me by my nickname, which was Lily. Oh, and so, um, I would always introduce myself as Lily, and I would never introduce myself as Lisa at all. Well, and your baby like, daddy calls had, you Nikki, too. Well, when I had Osiris, okay. Sammy used to call me Lily, but then oh. when I had Osiris, I, I was, like, in this weird fucking stage in my you're life where I was shifting. just, like... Now you're, like, I'm Nicole, like, I'm Nikki. I need to go by my middle name because, like, I can't go by Lisa because fucking Zarek's mom's name is Lisa, and... Oh. Okay, I can't, I see like, that one I have, then. like, my middle name is the only thing that's really tied to who I really am as a person. I just had a baby. I'm, like, lost in this world. Like, I need to find so, who I am. Uh, Lisa became so Lily. Lily then Lily Nikki. became Nikki. <laughs> and then when I broke up with Sammy, it's just when I, I can't was, like, keep this name I anymore. I can't. Like, everybody at work knows me by Lisa. Like, it's my actual name. Like, you might as well just fucking own it. Like, fuck. <laughs> You might as well, you know, I mean, that's... I ran out of all of my different personalities that I just said, fuck it, and went with my original personality, and now here I am starting to figure out who the fuck I am. <laughs> Nobody needs to know about my problems, but, like, can we get back to this? <laughs> this no, I think I want to talk familiar. more about Lillipop. <laughs> no! We're not going back into that oh, stage Oh, man. Oh, man. And then I love just the fact that it was all your raver, uh, raver names. I was going to say, maybe it was a dark time, but it seems like it was probably... A pretty bright time in your life. Um, back then I thought it was a bright time, but it was actually very. It was just the dark ecstasy. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Everything feels great. Everything really feels rock. wonderful until it all comes crumbling. <laughs> until down. you get this depression, and that's how you get the manic depressive state of yes. Lily, Nikki, Lisa, Jesus Nilla. <laughs> just call me Nilla. Ice. Now I'm just. You know what? Now you're gonna be for Halloween, Nilla wafers. <laughs> I can because then I eat myself. You could totally be have Osiris be like a big Nilla wafer. Like you be the box. Sean, give me a banana like a banana pudding with Nilla wafers. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm having way too much fun with this. All right, 
Let's go back to borderline personality disorder. All right. <laughs> Tell me if this relates to you, Lisa. I feel, like I feel like I'm the therapist, like, talking to you about this. Like, all right. <laughs> hey there, personality disorder. It's well, your girl. I had Vanilla. it. <laughs> well, who's to say I didn't have it back then? Wait, oh, well. It's brand new. It is only 20 years, you know, and I, okay, here's the thing. You made this point. So, it, there's a spectrum. I feel like, here's what I'm going to tell you guys right now. I think everyone's fucking crazy. I really do. If reality is an illusion, then I think everyone's crazy. I think we try so hard to be normal, but my favorite... What is normal? There's no such thing as fucking normal. It's some guy who was like, um, I don't agree with this. This strongly goes against my values and whatever you're doing is wrong. What's normal is being a person who's kind, who stands up for themselves, who has sex with consensual, age-appropriate beings, like, I, I, I should say, persons. Beans is kind of weird. I mean, I don't care if you have sex with a chair. That's one thing. But, like, don't... I do not believe that animals can ever give proper consent. So, I do not believe in bestiality. Well, I do not believe in pedophilia. aliens at that point, but... Oh, yeah. Okay, anyways. so you guys missed this. There is a guy on the internet, you need to YouTube him, who goes to a therapist because he truly believes that he is, like, sexually molested or has had plenty of sexual intercourse with aliens that have visited him. And it's a very interesting... Um, and I'm not trying to, like, smile right now because it's kind of a hard thing to, like, not <laughs> smile about, but not kind of laugh about, but he truly believes that. It's a very interesting documentary. And so, like I said, I think everyone's crazy. So I think we're all on a spectrum of... Are you nuts? Like, are you delusional crazy? And that's not to say that you're extremely and nuts. Unfortunately, society. it's your brain kind of playing tricks on you. Yeah. Society is a box and nobody can But then you're also the box. person who, on the other side, maybe you're not delusional, but yet you like to drop acid every once in a while. That's pretty crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you go on your own little trips Speaking and you don't look in the mirror acid, at those points. I'm sure we can. Maybe, um... This, oh, sorry. This is probably a conversation <laughs> we should be having, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we could get some acid somewhere. <laughs> Let me just call up my dealer, Paolo. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, we'll have this conversation after the podcast. <laughs> we'll have this conversation in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> this non incriminating conversation. <laughs> you got any of that, like, <laughs> your local neighborhood mental disorder? Uh, you got any of that lithium? <laughs> lithium. Oh, shit. Don't, yeah. Please stay away from anything that smells like it's a really harsh chemical. Uh, or smells like teen spirit. <laughs> All right. So, uh, it's almost like having two extreme personalities that are in one person and there seems to be no middle ground, like I was saying earlier. Impulsive behaviors such as extreme, like, sexuality, as we call hypersexuality, that we'll go into later. Overspending, binge eating, um... To the extreme opposite. Is suppressed sexual or sexual energy or whatever also a symptom? Okay, so that's actually going to go into hypersexuality, the the different types of hypersexuality that go into. So I truly believe, and this is going to sound kind of crude of me, but I feel like people who become of age, like around 16 to 22. Okay. Your body's getting fully matured, right? And right. I do believe that at those points, if in that time spectrum you don't lose your virginity, which is not saying anything against you, you can become a bit of a, um, 
what is it, like sexual tension, you can kind of become a bit aggressive, a bit intense. I think that your body is naturally seeking a sexual energy outlet. Uh, you know, I know that some people uh, restrict themselves because of religion. Some people restrict themselves because of culture beliefs of how they grew up. Maybe their parents, not necessarily religious tied, of governmental oppression, of whatever. But I do believe our bodies are naturally supposed to dispense and transfer sexual energy. And I think that if you do not fit sometimes within that window when your body fully matures then I think that you do have more of a chance of developing some type of mental disorder based on an emotional problem. Now, I'm not saying that this is um, at all Hell a consensus no. or a study. This is a theory. As fuck, I do. Like, you know when they say, oh, you know, that guy just needs to get laid. Like, he's a bit aggressive. He's like a chihuahua humping a, humping a leg, but then the chihuahua gets laid and they're super chill. I do believe, like, our bodies are meant to reproduce, so our bodies are naturally meant to be, like, you need to have sex. And regardless of your sexual orientation, too, like, getting down is getting down. So I think that sometimes you need to have that, um, like I said, transference of energy in order to maybe avoid the emotional, like you said, oppression, the suppression, the, um, I don't want to say, what is it? possession of your sexual intensity um, kind of like overtake your mind because you're so wanting to get something you know but i i totally agree with that and i'll actually get into that here shortly okay this is interesting this is super interesting go oh yeah so <laughs> oh i'm on the spot now <laughs> um uh beyond the impulsive behavior it can also be the exact opposite to where like you overspend and so then you're super frugal for like and you're obsessed with frugality of collecting every single penny that you see because you have to save for when you're 45 and you might only be like 20 yeah and you could be like you could also be super celibate you could like make a promise to yourself like i'm gonna be celibate for a year because i've been super unsafe and i've had this hypersexuality that you go to the exact opposite of hypersexuality and you decide to deprive yourself. People don't think about it that way. Here's the thing. is That sounds like a lot of people I know. It sounds like everyone, right? That's what I'm saying. This borderline personality disorder, I think... And here's a really interesting thing, too. Well, so, maybe we all fucking have it. Because if you think about it, there's an old Chinese... Not Chinese. Japanese proverb where it was like, you have three faces. You have the one you show... <coughs> you have the one you show the world, you have the one you show your close friends, and then there's the face that you don't show anybody. Yes, and that's true. So, I feel like that also goes into effect. That's why I asked you, like, how many personalities do you think that person would have? And you said two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just, like, the little post, and it's just constantly... Well, it's like if you around. investigate the ego, there's well, three. Well, what if there's three? Because yeah. that makes sense, because in that case, three makes a triangle, and triangle's, like, the stable is found. Mm-hmm. So, if there's only three different personalities... Well, how many religions have, like, threes? There's so many religions. So what if everybody has this type of mental... It wouldn't even be labeled as a mental disability at this point or, like, a mental disorder. It would... If it's so common, because if you think about it... Also, if you have a borderline personality disorder, because it can range in its extremes, it is also, in essence, taking responsibility for your actions, which is, I think, why people seek help for being a disorder... Because their emotions... So, going into this, the tripartite soul. Right. There is a, a um, theory uh, called the tripartite soul. It's either by Aristotle or Socrates. I always get them confused. But they talk about <laughs> how your... with beards. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Sitting on steps in <laughs> old Roman church paintings. Um, but it's really interesting. So, it talks about how your body is broken up into the plant-like, which is your physical self. 
Right. Your emotional state, which is obviously your emotions, like how, um, how, like what makes you angry, what makes you sad, what makes you, gives you joy, everything. And then your helm, which is your head. They say that if there's any imbalance in these waters, if you take more care of your physical body, you will lack the emotional sensitivity that you need, as well as the intelligence you need Mm -hmm. in life. If you're too helm-like, you will lack the physical nature that our body demands, as well as the emotional, the emotional portion that are, that needs to maintain relationships. And if you're too emotional, then you don't take care of yourself physically, and you're not intelligent when you have these emotional ruptures. Mm -hmm. So it says your body's broken up into three equal divides, and that you must balance those out and I think borderline personality is the is the imbalance yeah the imbalance of that that. and I think there's so many people that you want to have a medical term to what they have but to be honest we've been dealing with this since ancient times there are plenty of mythological stories uh to go and back behind people being erratic why do you think our gods were so erratic in ancient times is because gods were known to carry each one had its own emotion and each one was mad at each other and there's the stories as to why there was there was this great you know act of nature that destroyed there was a story to why there was winter and Mm -hmm. spring there was a story to you know to each one including affairs like hypersexuality like zeus had hypersexuality Mm -hmm. he was constantly cheating on his wife and constantly his wife was diane hera hera oh no that's right zeus and hera I always think, um, Diane, there's uh, someone. Diana's a tightness. Okay. All right. Maybe that's what I was getting confused with, but it's really interesting. And, um, you know, even in the most ancient religion beyond the first beliefs in religion and civilized culture was, uh, Hinduism. And there's a really great idea that humans were actually thought of through the brain and the earth and the idea of creation was thought of through the brain. But because it was, there's like this long story of, uh, it manifesting in a way that was imperfect, even though perfection was sought. Similar to um, a lot of other religions, I would say that there's this idea that we have to understand we're not perfect. We will never be perfect. Well, yeah, but that's our society now. It's pretty much ingrained oh, yeah, in like Instagram all filters, of our fucking propaganda everything. that you have to be this, you have to fit into this box, you have to like that's all of the trauma that I'm trying to break from, like, like just like. My inner child work is pretty much breaking all of those habits because it was just like you have to be this way or Mm -hmm. that way. To me, I view it as like you you have to be conservative. Mm -hmm. That is the only way that you can gain respect. That's the only way people will respect you is that if you are pretty much conservative and you treat... I understand that. It's a very classical, like traditional way of of seeing But you have to see that for me, how I view it is, is that... We're not meant to be that way. No, we're not we meant are meant to, to be very raw creatures. If you think Physically, about your, intelligent, intellectuals, raw, emotions are raw. That's an imbalance. That's an imbalance right there because you're taking care of your physical body and you're taking care of your intellect. But mm-hmm. what are you doing for your emotion? Oh, yeah. You so know, that in itself is an imbalance. You can't take yeah. care of two or one and have all three or whatever fall out of imbalance. It's almost like your chakras. Your energy yeah. sources, they, they all need attention. You can't just focus on one at a time. I mean, you can, but... Well, that's why I always tell people, when you're looking at a religion, do not look at it for a type of leadership. Do not look at it to seek another human being to guide you. Look at a type of religion. Read the actual religious texts if you decide to be religious and understand it because I think there's in any religion including Buddhism, Taoism, uh, Christianity, Wiccan, people are so misunderstood with anything like that 
and uh, this going into mental disorders is I feel like if you are not knowledgeable enough or you're not willing to learn about something, then you're just going to be an ignorant this piece of shit. This is why I say question everything. Don't believe everything that you see or everything that you read. Well, and even don't to be conservative. at, like, a yeah. grain of salt. Like, don't take everything for, like, the fucking... Face value. Yeah. Yeah, no, you like shouldn't. Like, the book of a... Like, um, don't judge a book by its cover. It's the same thing. It's the you truth, know? yeah. Although um, I do judge my books by the cover. They gotta attract my eye. <laughs> it's true. I'm not gonna lie. That's probably the one thing that I do judge is book covers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, that's pretty much what we're doing. We're Well, we're trying to put that... ourselves in a box, okay? But there's no box. There shouldn't be a box. And that's actually... I've there's talked no about box. this several times. That's, Tanya Litke's construct. That's the whole point of Her, spirituality or religion yeah. is to feel as one because we are all one. We are all a part of something that is bigger than ourselves. Like, you and I, we're the same. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like I said, like, God knows how long ago, we're just a bag of meat and bones. Yeah. That's all we are. Mm-hmm. What makes us up here, that's our, ce- that's our soul. That's our celestial being. Mm-hmm. This this energy, where does it go? It goes back to the source. Of it goes back to where it belongs. It goes back and it either comes back in a different form or it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Because we're all a part of one yeah. thing. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And I feel like a lot of people who have, like, mental disorders or whatever, schizophrenia. I feel like people with schizophrenia, if we could just, like, I feel see like what they see. we're, like, at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to that kind of shit. Because mm-hmm. what if they see beyond mm-hmm. the veil? Yeah. What no, I totally, I totally think that's why I think that we're all crazy because... If reality is an illusion, we make up what we see. But for some reason, what if the people that are born with schizophrenia just do not have that, I don't want to say programming, but do not have that brain working to where they can make up around them you so they see beyond. Programming because I don't want to say sense. programming because it sounds like a robot. No, but you know? it makes But it's sense. true. Like, they don't have the programming to say, here's what I see, here's non-delusion because I've seen. So there's another artist, and I'll have to find her name, but she actually was diagnosed with schizophrenia at the age of like 17 or 16 or something really young. And uh, at 22, she made a grand appearance. Sorry, my nose is super stuffed. She made a grand appearance um, because of her artwork because she would draw exactly what she what she saw. And she'd be in a room and sometimes is she'd that see that like... Is that Japanese lady? No, no, no. Oh. She's like, I think she's UK or American or something. But she had, she started drawing, when she would have an episode, she'd start drawing eyes. Because she would see eyes all the time. Like eyes were constantly watching her. And then she would go, and then she'd have these full-on little, like, creatures with eyes. Or then she'd have these full-on delusions. And she'd swear, like, in certain instances that she'd hear people say things when they weren't saying them. And, uh, you know, not to kind of bring up a crude example, but if anyone's seen the original Dust Till Dawn with Quentin Tarantino and George Clooney, uh, Tarantino plays a character, uh, which is the brother of George Clooney, and they're two, like kind of outlaw brothers who, like, rob and, and steal, and they're just trying to get across the border of Mexico. But Tarantino has a mental disorder where he was known for his, like, sexual crimes and has been in prison before because he would hear, like, his victims that would say stuff would 
he would hear them being like, oh, I want you to do this. I want you to, to you know, eat me out. I want you to, like, do this to me. But in reality, they like, weren't saying he anything. Was, he yeah, would hear he, it was a delusion. He, he would hear the consent. Yeah. But and there so, was no consent being given. Which was kind of interesting to me. And I'm not ever uh, saying that that's okay for anyone or to ever use that yeah, as an excuse. But it's very... Yeah, please don't use that as an excuse. Because you're not you ever going to make that work. Yeah. yeah. Probably not. It's just very interesting to me because it kind of gave way. There's a few movies, and we'll go into it here in a minute. Um, that relate back to this. But going all the way back to borderline personality disorder, and I'm sorry if I forgot anything along the way, um, there's self-harming behavior. It could include, like, even an eating disorder. Like, if you've been binge eating, maybe you get, um, you know, a little bit of anorexia or something like that. Or you decide to starve yourself and work out a ton. Like, there's a lot of different things. Or, um, uh, what is it? There's, there's a couple other things, so, like, self-harming, like, cutting, there's, I can't remember what it is, but it's where you, like, literally beat yourself up, like, you kind of, like, hit yourself because you're just trying to feel something. And, um, to a certain degree, I think there's a lot of people, especially in their teens, that kind of go through an, an area like that because oh, you I feel so out of like control that. Yeah. that you just feel like you need to, to experience something. So, for instance, like, I, I dealt with bulimia. Um, I had a, my grandmother was an extremely kind, sweet person, but she was very controlling. And everyone who knew her in a loving manner knew that she was controlling. And it, it came to where I was always like, you know, one pound away from being overweight, even though I wasn't. I look back at pictures and I was completely fine. It was just that she grew up and she put herself in this box of having eating disorders throughout her entire life mm -hmm. that she viewed me and she was always so afraid. She thought that, you know, I wouldn't be successful if I ever, and I naturally have like my dad's figure and my mom's figure. So I'm short, but I definitely like have shoulders and hips. So it made me look a little bit different than my very petite grandmother who, who herself, like I said, suffered from anorexia. So I developed bulimia and I, in my mind, people could say the nicest things to me and I wouldn't accept it. It was like a rubber band and it would just bounce straight back off me, but the negative things really stuck. And then I always felt like, you know, when I eat and eat, eat like normal and then I would throw up, it was like bad was inside me, good was coming out. It was a weird dynamic and I lost a lot of weight in between eighth grade and ninth grade and then I st stabilized myself through my mom's help um, for... Uh, sophomore year which was my second year you know in high school um, but it was really interesting to me and I feel like that is a very relational thing to people who even cut themselves like bleeding out is like they feel all this tension inside them and then bleeding out is just something that it's just this release they can mm -hmm. feel something they feel like it's okay you know and I've got friends who cut themselves and self-harm themselves and I like I said I think it's a natural thing that people kind of go through two different extremes like another thing on the spectrum mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um Suicidal thoughts. Um, when it says suicidal thoughts, it's not saying, man, I wish I wasn't here right now. It's literally like killing suicidal yourself. Tendencies. You are just so, yeah, you are so upset. Maybe it's because your extreme behavior caused you to do something that you extremely regret and you're so back and forth, back and forth that you literally consider killing yourself, which goes against your entire uh, mm -hmm. brain mechanism. Mm -hmm. Uh, distorted images of self, you know, like body dysmorphia, chronic feelings of emptiness, um, inappropriate intense anger and uncontrollable anger. So like fits of rage, difficulty trusting others, usually due to an irrational, irrational developed fear, sometimes categorized as paranoia, paranoia, which is another mental disorder. Okay. This really sounds like me. <laughs> 
Well, you know, and this they, is really scary. They, <laughs> no, like if you go into it, also like feelings of disassociation, like it's and when they mean by that is you almost have like outer body experiences, like you know how to act socially, but you don't feel connected to yourself, which was really interesting to me because I. I feel like, you know, there's been certain social I've situations had, where... Yeah, there's situations yeah, where, where you kind of, like, like check out a little bit. Yeah. And you're kind of, like, just going and along with emotions. And then once you emotions. come back to your body, you're just like, who the fuck was that? Yeah, or, yeah, or you're like, what's going on like, here? I feel or you like, kind of feel, I feel like, like so uncomfortable you check fuck out. Fuck that. I feel like that at work. Every time I answer a fucking phone call, I'm just like, mm, don't know you're who not that yourself. person is. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, this mental illness is diagnosed after an interview or more with a licensed professional, a physical health exam is done, and, an, and a look through on family history to see any correlation. So it's most prevalent in people who have a family history of mental illness. So people that have a family Dude, history of bipolar. Dude, I could see that on my mom's side. I could see that shit. So, like, maybe, and, you know, maybe if your mom might have, you know, something going on, maybe you might get it. It's just, it's, so what it is, is it's I could see that nature too. versus mm. nurture, too. Naturally, you might be genetically disposed uh, or in a disposition that you easily get it um, versus nurture to where it's also all these learned behaviors of this is how you act in society. But it doesn't fit with who you, like you said, your mom covered you with filters all the time told you to be super conservative but you're just now accepting that that's not you and coming out with your raw self that could be why you have this feeling of disassociation because your first or your second hand nature response was to learn how to be conservative like your mom but your first nature was but always, I've always to be raw. rebelled out i've always wanted to push back but have you in every single situation when i was younger i did but after I hit a certain point, it was almost like a sense of, like, defeat. It's just like, well, what the fuck is the point anymore? Yeah. Like, it's almost, it's almost like you, like, you get so tired of, like, trying to, like, prove a point. Yeah. And then once that point just, like, can't be, I feel like it's people who just, it's, I've accepted. Yeah. That I can't be myself. That's what it came to. Was it's like I accepted the fact that my true self is never going to get um, recognized, yeah, or anything, or like be that. accredited, or yeah. be okay. So you just had to fall back in line and be like everybody else. So maybe that's where the extreme personalities come from. Is that you have one that's your true self, but the other one is. Which Not goes back to what I was saying was is that, like, you have a face that you show the world and then the close friends and then, like, yourself. Yeah. Like, because there's a lot of things that, like, I'm pretty sure everybody's got their fucking secrets. Ain't oh, yeah. Say shit. Well, that's why they also said in the, when someone's being argumentative, there's two sides. He said, she said, and the truth. Right. So, and, and I just, actually, it's really funny. I just heard this, uh, it's kind of like a sermon about how... Like, we do not always take responsibility because we take a certain perspective. But because we do not put ourselves in someone else's shoes, then we fail to learn empathy in any situation. And how it's very prevalent to to be an empathetic person. If you're going to be kind, you have to be empathetic, not sympathetic. You do not need to feel bad. You need to feel for the situation. You need to feel like if someone's coming at you in an argumentative tone, and we can learn this from our job, is that you have to kind of like let them bitch it out. And say, okay, here's the thing. I understand where you're coming. Oh, yeah, you can't take it because they're not trying to bitch directly at you. Although, I'm just going to say this. You're the only person that they can see at that point. I will not take any misogynistic asshole like perspective because I've dealt with that 
being, you know, and you've dealt with it too, being a stronger woman, a very independent woman, especially in the fields that we have, we're both managers, there are times, and even with certain women, it's not even like uh, misogyny, but it's very much like it's ageism. Like, well, yeah. It's, it's like that I don't want to listen to you because you're more. younger than me. I don't want to listen to you because you're a female. I don't want to listen, listen to you Linda. because blah, 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 blah. Listen. Listen, I don't Henry. take any of the listen, isms Linda. lightly. You're not going to tell me how to live my life today, okay? Not today. Go take your china and go put it elsewhere. <laughs> no, I don't deal with that. And that is that is a perspective I will not be empathetic to. But like I've said before, my favorite quote is, there's not one person you wouldn't love had you not known their story. So I think it's like really important to always put yourself in someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, going back... Uh, those more likely to be diagnosed either have a family history of the same or other mental illness that is similar. Uh, some studies suggest that the way the brain is developed in certain areas leads certain individuals to be more likely to have BPD, although these studies are still being done, so there's no correct backup evidence. And finally, environmental issues can include trauma in early life, abuse, and constant surroundings of hostile relationships. So, like, if you deal with an abusive situation, um... For instance, if you're sexually abused at a young age and then you deal with your family, uh, like say your mom and dad are constantly fighting and then you go from that to also having like a trauma, like maybe you lost someone really early on and you don't know how to handle that. That would almost be labeled as post-traumatic stress. Exactly. Which is probably why you might relate to it now because I think that they're very like correlated like this. It's bipolar disorder. Bi- or not bipolar, excuse me, uh, borderline personality disorder can stem from an emotional problem. So emotional problems can be categorized with post-traumatic stress disorder because it's triggered because of a past event, but it leads to an emotional response. Hmm. It's very interesting the way, and, and I always tell people too, when it comes to post-traumatic stress or PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder, um, there, there are things that are going to be different to everyone. Something that might be traumatic to you might not seem as traumatic to others, but it's still just as traumatic. So it's all how your body responds to it. It's your coping mechanisms, which I think can be a bit off. And we just label people as crazy or nuts or having mental disorders instead of understanding them on the empathetic viewpoint. So I think there could be less um, negativity on mental disorders if yeah. people were more you positive and empathetic towards others. Here's the thing is, is that you don't have to go to war to have PTSD. You don't have to... Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a bunch of traumatic experiences out there, but yeah. you can't tell one person that their traumatic experience wasn't traumatic to Wasn't them worth it. Here's the know? thing, you didn't live it. Yeah. So you have no idea exactly what kind of impression that would leave on a person. Yeah. Like, you can't just sit there and say, well, well, Ronnie w- served two tours in Iraq. He's got PTSD, not you yeah. who was, what, gang raped by... I mean, that's a bad example. No, but it's true. It's <laughs> that's true. a I'm bad example. You, there are people out there who fight and say, well, you're not a military vet. You don't have this. It's like, no, just because I wasn't a military vet doesn't mean that I didn't experience something that was traumatic to me and traumatic and caused myself to revert and repress well, and be triggered. Like, you don't know, like... Especially a young mind. A young mind is so fragile, fragile because it's absorbing everything around it. Uh-huh. So a lot, this is why like inner child work or just like in like trying to heal your past traumas is so important 
and I think is a, is a good therapy, it's going to hurt like a son of a bitch and nobody wants to fucking go through it, but... Yeah, exactly. It'll help. Exactly. Um, so it's imperative for an individual to seek help and stick with it in order to be treated and to keep it at bay. Since uh, borderline personality disorder persons are impulsive, it can, either, it can be easier to let go than stick with regular treatment, but it, that's not recommended. So they say if you do feel like you have a strong or strong enough case to seek medical treatment for borderline personality disorder, to seek treatment and stick with it. Like really listen to it kind of maybe go against your impulsive nature to just quit it and just continue to go. Um, there's a few websites uh, that I want to discuss. One is uh, .gov. Um That's a health website that talks about uh, some of the treatments. Two examples of psychotherapy used to treat borderline personality disorder include dialectal behavior therapy, which is DPD, or, yeah, DPT, excuse me, this type of therapy was developed for individuals with borderline personality disorder. DPT uses concepts of mindfulness and acceptance or being aware of and attentive to the current situation and emotional state. DPT also teaches skills that can help uh, control intense emotions, reduce self-destructive behaviors, and improve relationships. Uh, the second psychotherapies that they suggest is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is CPDT, excuse me. This type of therapy can help people with borderline personality disorder identify and change core beliefs and behaviors that underlie inaccurate perceptions of themselves and others and problems interacting with others. CPT may help reduce a range of mood and anxiety symptoms and reduce the number of suicidal or self-harming behaviors. Also on a website called crack.com, there are five things people don't really understand about BPD and that's all per, for, from the perspectives of people that have been uh, officially diagnosed. Um, the five things include, one, is that it's not gender-orientated. So it's not just the crazy bitch syndrome. It's um, not just for women. It's very strongly also for men. Two, is that popular culture writes it off as crazy bitch syndrome and that that's not correct. Um, and that it's seen many times, like, in, you know, a fatal attraction or in... Uh, what is it? Cruel Intentions. Oh, and then also that seen, movie was so good. I love Cruel Intentions, to be honest. That one cracks me up. Um, three, it's a I hate you, don't leave me anxiety that is often irrational. Four. Oh, me. <laughs> I hate you, don't leave me. <laughs> I hate you, please don't leave. <laughs> um, four is no real treatment or magical treatment to cure. It's just a consistency that can help you gain emotional intelligence when it comes to certain triggers that you may have. Five is that no one understands you, which does lead often to that irrational fear. Is that there's, in those moments that you're having that extreme, maybe manic or depressive behavior, there's not a person that can really, you can seek to that will understand what you're going through. Maybe that's the third person that you're talking about, the true self. To where it's like, there's Nobody's no one who will understand understand. No, this that's or the that. No, that's that nobody is going to understand. Like, I won't ever understand what you went through or how you processed it. Yeah. Like, you can explain it on paper, but I will never So that be able leads to, to, like, the irrational fear that. that people have of, like, that abandonment. It's that irrational fear of, I have to go here and here. What's Ooh. So my boyfriend garlic. just brought some roasted garlic for us. I love it. How do you eat this? Mm -hmm. you just, just eat it. it. Just pop it. I'm going to have one more. But it's, like, so hot. Oh. Hot. Oh, that's hot. You want some water? Or one? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I love roasted garlic. Ah! That's buttery. It's good for your heart. Keeps Some good reads away. in regards to BPD and other similar mental illnesses can be found on goodreads.com slash list slash show, show excuse me slash 10022 period borderline underscore oh personality my disorder. God. Ain't nobody gonna write <laughs> no. that shit down. So you, wait, never mind. Repeat it so somebody can write it. I was like, do I say this all or do I not? Um, I'll just put the link on our website, okay? We actually, I need to go in there and I need to update it, so I'll put it on. A couple movies to refer to is uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower and Girl Interrupted. Both have great examples of early BPD. I love Girl Interrupted. You don't know how many times I fucking watched that movie when I was in middle school and stole packs of cigarettes from my dad's closet. Sorry, dad, but that's not a fucking secret. Um, (laughs) Your dad's like, how did my, like, 20-pack go down to, like, two cigarettes? And yeah, he would buy cartons, stash it in his fucking closet, and I would be home alone. I'd go in his closet, take the pack of cigarettes, and fucking Girl Interrupted was on, and they were just chain-smoking away. So I was like, fuck it, I'll chain-smoke away, too. I know. You think you're so cool in high school, like, smoking, and then That wasn't high school, stupid. that was middle school. Yeah, oh, I'm damn. a bad one. I'm a bad you a bad seed. seed. Well, uh, which character are you? Are you Angelina Jolie, or are you, like, what's the main chick's Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder. I'd probably be more her. Um, another disorder I want to talk about in this episode is hypersexuality. This can be linked with BPD and most commonly referred to as the non-PC, non-medical term of nymphomania. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a sound effect. That is Lisa's <laughs> beautiful burp. I'm telling you, this girl, no, she actually really impresses me. If you guys are offended by this, fuck you. But she impresses me with her burp sometimes because I'm a girl that, like, I have struggled. I grew up with brothers, so I struggled. I could never burp like them. And maybe this is, like, this weird thing that I have, but I'm like, that's so fucking cool. Like, you can burp so well. Like, she does a true, like, belch. <laughs> And maybe this is the most unladylike conversation, but like I said, fuck you, I don't care. I think it's super funny. I have talent. (laughs) She really does. I feel like she's the type of girl that could, like, burp her ABCs, like, in elementary school. Yeah, fuck that, no. I can't do that shit. B, A, B, C, Yeah. Fucking sound like Eric Cartman. That's so funny. Okay, so nymphomania, um... Unfortunately, is a gender-specific term referring to women, but the male counterpart term is called satyriasis, which cracks me up because it's nymphos, like woodland nymphs, and satyrs. It's from ancient Greek. Oh, shit! Isn't that crazy? Okay, so, like... Wait, satyrs were the half-goat, right? Half-goat men that used to chase after the woodland nymphs. I (laughs) always forgot what they were called. Now you know satyrs. Okay. Yeah, S-A-T-Y-R-S. I always forget, too, because then I'm always like... I know the Minotaur. What are the other ones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is another interesting one. So, ironically, these terms from ancient Greek mythology referring to the woodland nymphs and satyrs, which were the goat men <laughs> that used to <laughs> capture them for sex and vice versa. Nymphs were known for their highly sexual nature with many different beings. Uh, going back, I know, they were crazy. Crazy. Going back to hypersexuality, per Wikipedia definition, hypersexuality may be a primary condition or the symptom of another medical disease or condition. For example, for ex- sometimes I just don't know what to say. For example, 
Kluver-Busey syndrome, a neurological disorder due to lesions in the brain, can lead to hypersexuality, or bipolar disorder, which is a manic depressive mental disorder, can lead to hypersexuality. Hypersexuality may also present, uh, be present as a side effect of medication for drugs used to treat Parkinson's disease or through the administering of hormones such as testosterone, estrogen during hormone therapy. So like uh, people who are in transition, uh, they also can experience periods of hypersexuality, but also it could be on the oversight instead of being super sexual, you're also super underactive or have a low libido. Um, clinicians have yet to reach a consensus over how to describe hypersexuality as a primary condition or to determine the appropriateness of describing such behaviors and impulses as separate pathology. Interestingly enough, hypersexuality can be categorized as also an obsessive compulsive disorder. In some cases, there are many different types slash subtypes of hypersexuality depending on the cases and therapist theory in which they base their diagnosis on. Going into it, I'm just going to discuss a couple brief ones. One is uh, erotomania, E-R-O-T-O-M-A-N-I-A. Yes, it is a subtype delusional disorder where the patient believes someone who is relatively unattainable is obsessed slash infatuated with them. Usually seen in females that are shy, dependent, and sexually inexperienced, which we were talking about earlier. Babe, let's go on podcast. Um, but is not, but, uh, inexperienced, but is not limited to that category. Usually the patient will believe they're being sent secret messages to things like license plates or fast food receipts or other innocuous events. This paranoia is onset, unpredictable, and chronic. So it means you need to get it taken care of right away. So have sex, find someone, or, you know, maybe don't. There's also, um... Well, actually, before I go into compulsive masturbation, I'm going to go into the well-known cases. Yeah. Yes. I know. <laughs> um, well-known cases for erotomania included the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan by John Hinckley Jr. Huh? Um, yeah. What? There was an attempted assassination of President Ronald Reagan by John Hinckley Jr. that was reported to have been driven by an erotomaniac fixation on Jodie Foster. You never heard about this? No! He was obsessed with Jodie Foster and he thought he could gain media attention if he shot Ronald Reagan. Like... Oh my fuck. He thought that he was being sent messages from Jodie Foster from my understanding. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Ew. And then there was late night TV entertainer David Letterman and former astronaut Story Musgrave were both stalked by Margaret Mary Ray who suffered from erotomania. The 30s, Michael David Barrett allegedly suffered from erotomania, stalking ESPN correspondent Aaron Andrews across the country trying to see her and, and taking lewd videos. <clears throat> it is important to note that many cases of obsession or stalking can be linked to erotomania, but do not necessarily go hand in hand. Also, anyone seen Orange is the New Black? Yeah. There's Everyone's one. fucking seen so if you Who the fuck hasn't? If you haven't, then... I mean, I guess you gotta watch this one episode about an erotomaniac um, fiend. There is one character who dresses like a pinup. I can't remember her name. She's got black hair. You know her from the first um, uh, season. She bumped. She was obsessed with a guy that she uh, bumped into at the post office and locked up. What is it? Oh yeah, I gotta go get Sean. So this character who was like dressed like a pinup and had black hair was obsessed with the guy that she bumped into in the post office and eventually got locked up oh, for stalking yes. him. Oh yeah, 
I can't remember her name. What was her name? Fuck. I I know it's like something that um I don't remember. The episode's like a whole nother hole or something like that. Was something yeah. ridiculous. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My boyfriend is serving us food right now, which is amazing. Um to hurry up and eat this. <laughs> so then we have uh, compulsive masturbation, which is usually a sign of behavioral disorder stemmed from an emotional problem. The name's pretty outright. Uh, it's more of a nervous habit that stems and is related to a lot of cases of abuse. There's a movie that talks about this with Michael Fassbender being the main character. It's called Shame. He has a porn addiction, consistently has sex with paid sex workers, has trouble getting it up with women that he genuinely likes because of devaluation. And also there's known backstory of abuse in his childhood um, that stems his uh, compulsive masturbation and hypersexuality. Watch the movie and watch any Michael Fassbender movie is what I would say because he's hot. And he's amazing. He's so sexy. Uh, there's also Don Juanism, or for females, Don Juanitism, which is a non-clinical term for a desire in a man or a woman to have sex with many different men or women partners. And that actually stems from cases of narcissism. Oh, so Samuel. Yeah, so I bet you he's got, like, Don Juanism. You should totally look it up and, you know, keep it to yourself, but maybe do, like, a little bit of, like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> How does this make you feel? <laughs> Hypersexuality can also be characterized by a paraphilia disorder, previously known as sexual perversion or and sexual deviation, and which is the experience of intense sexual arousal to atypical objects, situations, fantasies, behaviors, or individuals. Such attraction may be labeled to sexual fetishism, and usually this disorder carries shame to the individual. And there are many other cases that stem the condition, but not quite clear with the audience. I am all for sexual freedom um but i am not for any abuse like i said of non-consensual non-age appropriate person or being so like i said i don't believe in bestiality and i don't believe in pedophilia if you are suffering from any of those two cases i do strongly prompt that you seek attention or um not seek attention but seek medical help for that going back to weed bpd hypersexuality and more there are a couple things i want to share with our listeners hmm. for instance what is that I use weed recreationally, and I think that anyone and everyone can agree that anxiety is part of growing up. For those struggling with BPD, hypersexuality, or any other mental disorder, I do encourage you to seek help, and if okayed by your doctor, check into some good herbal remedies, because I think it's better to kind of be safe than to do a chemical balance. Bruh, I got that smoking one from Mount Rose Her- Mountain Rose Herbs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I fucking love that shit. Okay. It's sharp. Like, it hits you, but it gives you a nice little, like, buzz. And I think it kind of helps, I fucking like, love that It's because it's got Damien on the skull cap, and that, like, really helps with, like, your head. It helps with your stomach, too, with nervousness. Well, yeah, I haven't been having any, like, stomach issues lately. Yeah. Like I normally do. Oh, good. And on top of that, I've been, um, putting, like, a little bit of weed in it, too. Oh, nice. Cannabis. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to and you then, can sprinkle some on top of your weed, too. Yeah, so I oh, do shit. that. And it really does, like, help with, like, my mood. Oh, good. I'm glad. That's mm-hmm. how it's, like, really supposed to. Like like I said, it's kind of like a nervousness. It helps, like, with yeah. your head and it helps with your stomach. I won't take anything other. See, this is where he'll probably call me an anti-vaxxer, which I'm not. Yeah. But holistically speaking, I like going towards, like, the alternate. 
It's not even alternative medicine. It's the original medicine. It's the earth's medicine. God's mm-hmm. given medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also um, some really cool Instagram pages. If you're exploring, like if you're dealing with hypersexuality, but you also want to explore cannabis um, therapy, there's uh, Canisexual, who explores sexual freedom while also understanding yourself in a higher perspective, higher awareness. There's Let's Talk at Let's Talk About Mental Health, which shares stories about people dealing with mental disorders, and at Psychology of the Day, which gives you um, a kind of idea and input and wisdom into other mental disorders as well. Um, if you are in the Northern Nevada area, I would like to suggest the Northern Nevada Adult Mental Health Clinic off Galetti. Um, you know, they do take all types and types of insurance as well as, you know, if there's non-insurance, they could probably work with you. Um, there's also the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 1-800-273-8255. You know, just go listen to that Logic song. <laughs> <laughs> what kidding. is that? That, that number. That's oh, the name it? of that song. Is that? Oh, number. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, that one eight hundred song from Logic. Mm-hmm. You know. I've been on a low. I've been taking my time. Oh yeah, that's actually the song title though. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. That. Yeah. Hey babe, could I get some more horseradish from you? Yeah. No. It's so Stop good. Silence, silence, bitch. It's so good. I'm just kidding. Which character is that? Lollipop? <laughs> You're not going to let that shit go, are you? Not for a while. I'll be honest. <laughs> you know what's funny is I had a conversation with Anna, like, way, way back in the day, where she's like, I feel like there's Adriana, and then I feel like there's Anna. And I'm like, I feel you on that. Like, I feel like there's a Lily, and I feel like there's a Lisa. And she's like, I feel you. See, you're the only person that's ever understood that. And I'm just like, I feel you. I can tell us you guys all being two different personalities. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That's probably why you and I get along so well. Yes. Yes, yes. Anyways, you're going to read. Oh, yes, from the Book of Highs. I always bring this shit to the table. You guys know I won't ever let you down. Mm -hmm. It is the 255 ways to alter your consciousness without drugs. And speaking of hypersexuality disorders and shit, I'm going to list off number 75, which is an orgasm. Woo! Yes. To be purged and completed, spent and fulfilled, the human sexual orgasm can be the most ecstatic yeah ecstatic most exciting experience in life and certainly is a time honored a way is a time honored way to alter consciousness and leave this world Wilhelm Rich was the first to systematically and scientifically examine the human sexual orgasm. His work has recently been carried on by fellow Alexander Lowen and Stanley Kelman. Rich or Reich or Reich? 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 I think it's Reich. I think it's Reich. Felt that the severity of any kind of psychic disturbance is in direct relation to the severity of the disturbance of genita- of the genitalia. He post- postulated that a patient's emotional problems were directly related to their ability to achieve full genital response or orgasm. Reich's work also 
defined two types of orgasm genital orgasm and a full body orgasm Hmm. yeah that's right there's two different types and ladies you know exactly what the fuck i'm talking about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there are Mm -hmm. two different types there are two different types however i found this really interesting because males also have those two different types however they hardly ever reach the full body um orgasm solely this is just a male thing, I think. They solely just want to get that, you know. Yeah, so they never actually, it's like a, yeah, it's like a mental. Yeah, but if you have, like, a full body orgasm, like, you know that you'll always want to want to reach that one bag first, on that high. and then get the one, like, your genitalia mm-hmm. off, you know, oh, like, whatever. I'm not telling anybody how to have sex, I'm just saying. If you want Genital- better sex. <laughs> yeah. If you want better sex, open door number Genital two. Genital orgasms result from a buildup of energy resulting from the stimulation of the glands penis or the clitoris when this energy builds up to a certain point the orgasm occurs but there is a possibility of a fuller more complete more satisfying orgasmic experience this is the full body orgasm clemen described this for the male the orgasm can also be triggered from the inside from the pelvic cavity yeah, you guys have a G-spot up your asshole, just so you know. <laughs> and if you allow the excitement to run back in the penis and re-excite the flow the whole body, then the whole body, and re-excite and the flood the whole body, then the whole body will is capable of discharging, not just the penis. Oh, interesting. So it's almost like when we get that... <laughs> like they and like you shivers. can't control your fucking legs and you're just like squeezing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. In the buildup of the full orgasm, sensations of excitement fill your body. You begin to rhythmically move your pelvis and then you lose control and you no longer <laughs> consciously direct your it actions. It means that you're very in the moment. Your pelvic begins to move forward <laughs> and back. You feel the sexual energy flowing freely through exactly your body. Exactly, it's the truth. You are charging and discharging. You are purged and completed, spent and fulfilled at one time <coughs> and the same so, time. <coughs> the sexual energy, like a lot of um, Wiccans or like people who uh, practice witchcraft will actually use sexual energy to further the, their spells or like their practice and stuff like that. I know I do that like on full moons. Trust me. I'm always having sex you on a Sean, full moon. <laughs> you and Sean getting down like, hey. Yes. Um, what frightens many people about a full body orgasm is the loss of control, the letting go. If they that have a frighten full, me at all. If they have a full orgasm, they will lose control and lose their grip on reality. When control is surrendered, your body takes over, takes charge. It's almost like an ego death. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, because like a lot of people, you have to let it roll again, through. here's the control factor. Here's the box factor. Here's the society factor. It's all programmed. It's all brainwashed into our system that like, again, suppressing your sexual energy is something that'll be good for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's not necessarily the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so if more people, I feel like weren't so afraid of this type of energy, it, they'd be more inclined to do it. Well, it's really interesting, too, because a lot of people who wait until marriage or wait till a certain point in their lives are actually more afraid to take the leaps and bounds and, like, the step to actually have sex even after marriage. There's a lot of couples who will wait until marriage and then they'll have therapy because they're afraid 
to explore that because it's always been a big no-no to them. But that's the thing is, is don't be afraid of that kind of sexuality. Embrace it. There's a reason why people say sex sells and it's it's an instinct. It's an animalistic instinct in all of us. Uh But it can also be a very, like, I like Anna's perspective on it where she's like, I'm just raw. I'm in the physical. It is how it is. Whenever it happens, it happens. Like, she's very go with the flow in her sexual nature. Yeah, it's because she fucking has mastered that shit. That's one thing that I fucking am so jealous about, too. Bitch. I'm just kidding. I love Anna, you. teach us your ways. You're going to have to be on an episode soon is what exactly. I'm saying. Well, it's been real. It's I'm been I'm so excited good. to be back. I'm so excited we're back. I'm so excited that you guys will be continuing to listen. because Fucking listen so to us. Because we're amazing. Yes. And you know that you are cracking up. Love it. Yeah. All of you people that have actually like liked and shared and thank you to all the plays out there. I know we've been MIA for quite a while, but trust me one month is a long time without these i've been itching these bitches i've been when's the next when's the next podcast episode we gotta record the next podcast episode actually no there's a reason why i chose lisa to be my co-host and that's honestly because um together we're dreamers and doers and it's hard to keep someone as consistent and it's hard to keep someone who's going to keep you in line as well as you have the obligation to keep them in line it's a very she'll fucking destroy (laughs) everything and anything annihilate everything inside and then i'm gone something i'm over here like the earth sign i'm like um hello you missed a spot (laughs) we need to go back and finish this no like we're actually a really 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 great team so i'm happy that this is working out but I wish all you listeners, whatever time of day it is, that your stone's mind blown, having a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yes, and um, y'all have a... <laughs> y'all. Y'all have a good night, you hear? Y'all have a good night, you Y'all hear? come back now. Yeah. <laughs> this is our stop. Um, we're dropping you guys off at Choo-choo! the next episode. Um, we'll come back to you on that one. But, uh, yeah, I don't even know. I gotta final, go look it up. <laughs> this isn't our final stop. This is just the little destination. So Season get off, four, bitches. Fucking enjoy four. the scenery. We'll call you back in when we're ready to go on to the next one. Do you like those old school middle school moves? Like throw out the fish line, reel them in. Yeah. Welcome back now, you hear? <laughs> All right, bye guys. This is Mandy. This is Lisa. Goodbye.